Hello, and welcome to the In Between Podcast. My name's Darby, and I'm here with my friends, Mike. Yo. And Bethany. Hello. And speaking of in between, it has been a really long time in between episodes of this podcast. And you're sitting in between Bethany and I. I am. Yeah. Right in the middle. Wow. And we're in a new space. Yeah. This is great. Very exciting. So do you guys ever watch tutorials on YouTube for any, anything? Yes. Absolutely. You, um, the How to fix my car mainly. Yeah. 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 Or I watch, I love makeup Makeup. tutorials. (laughs) Wow. So anyway. (laughs) Wow. Anyway. You know how the people on the, I don't know if men do this on podcasts, but there are a lot of women, or not podcasts, there are a lot of women YouTubers who say things like, hey guys, sorry it's been so long in between episodes or in between yep. videos, hmm. but, and then they go on and on, my life has been like this and I've been doing that. And you're like, get to the <laughs> point. I feel a little bit like I'm that I'm that YouTuber right now going, hey guys, sorry it's been so long. Sorry it's been so long. But anyway, it has been a long time and it's been an eventful season in our lives. So we're going to spend the next 45 minutes going through all the details of our lives, right? Yeah, we're going to just download everything. Yeah. So that you guys can not be bored with us and like fast yeah. forward 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Hopefully <laughs> not. Hopefully not. Anyway, so we are um, approaching the end of Ordinary Time. And Ordinary Time is a long season in the church calendar. What do you guys think the percentage is? How, roughly how much of the calendar? Goodness. I mean, if, if it spans usually, what, five or six months? I'd say half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about half. Maybe a little bit less than half. Yeah. But, but it's the it, longest season as a whole, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, the yeah, longest yeah. single season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. Right. So... Ordinary time traditionally begins at the end of Pentecost. Pentecost is the 50 days after Easter. So we go from Easter to Pentecost, and then at the end of Pentecost, the long season of ordinary time. And ordinary time concludes on the first, or or the the Saturday before the first Sunday of Advent. Correct. So in 2019, the year we're recording this, November 30th, is the last day of ordinary time. Mm-hmm. So we've got about a month left of ordinary time and uh, we're just touching base yeah. to discuss how ordinary time has looked for us this year, to talk a little about the meaning of ordinary time and explore like what, what the Lord generally does during ordinary time yeah, wh- <laughs> or what he could do. What does ordinary time mean? Because uh, if I just look at the word ordinary, it's like, yeah. Mundane and boring. Boring time. Boring time. <laughs> Regular so, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So explain that a little bit, Darby. So um, well, you can you can use the word ordinary that way. And ordinary also refers to the word ordinal or is related to the word ordinal, which just means putting things in a certain order. Hmm. So ordinal is counted time. So in between the high seasons of the church, we ha- we just count out the weeks in between and those mm-hmm. are ordinal. And they are also ordinary. There's not, um, there isn't the same, we, we don't have the same like focused topics during ordinary time that we have during other seasons of the church year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a, Bethany, you want to talk no, about the color of ordinary time? Yes. So the color of ordinary time is green, which is basically just kind of symbolizing growth and flourishing mm-hmm. as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Ordinary time occurs over the summer for us 
northern hemisphere. No, yes, folk. <laughs> Assuming that anyone in this, nobody in the southern That's a hemisphere, thing. You don't have snow. Well, no, I mean just the, just the idea how it it communicates to growth in the spirit. So yeah. if the spirit has come and is living within the church, then there's going to be growth. There's yeah. going to be movement. We see that all throughout the Book of Acts after Pentecost, um, and even through the Epistle writings that. The church grew, the church spread, and the fact that we're here today talking about the gospel in our, in our churches, on this podcast, in our lives, in our in our small groups, that is proof that um, that the the spirit has has grown the church, and uh, that's a that's a cool thing. It, it mm-hmm. made me it makes me even think about the bracelets that we would make in VBS. You Don't know, get you, it. you'd go through VBS the, you know, the gospel to the black and the red and beads, you, people beads. And you get to the green bead and the green bead means growth that the spirit is in you growing you. And, uh, so it's cool to see that now as we, as I've just been diving into the church calendar, these past handful of years seeing like, Oh yeah, those colors do matter. Even a little evangelical kid raised yeah. with no church tradition yeah. understands the color green. Yes. Those VBS bracelets. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like too how recently ordinary time has been been seen as this way of making sense of the day-to-day mundane ordinary things, the ordinary rhythms of life. Um and it's a time in which we're invited to order our whole life around Christ and around the spirit working in us and I think that's a challenge too. Like we're invited into that because it is a challenge. We're so prone to be busy for bu- being busy sake. Um, ordinary time falls over summer and vacations and school and um, even, you know, gearing up for the holidays and that whole season of the year is just super busy. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and so what does it look like? as the world is losing their minds with busyness and productivity and um, all the to-do lists for the church, for the Christians, for God's people to live by a different order, Mm. the order of Christ, order of the spirit. Yeah, that's good. I think um, one interesting way to maybe frame ordinary time is to think of it as kingdom time. There Mm. are different church traditions that call it that. Um, and I like the life of the kingdom has mundane things and ordinary things happening. It's not, it's not uh, intense, extraordinary seasons yeah. all year round. Yeah, it's daily life and family life and work life and um, framing that as like all of that happening under the umbrella of the Lord's kingdom as we as we live in the kingship of Christ. Like we understand like gospel as an announcement of kingdom. Hmm. And so our life is that is like, we are working to conform our lives to that rhythm, which puts us in a countercultural place. Yeah. Yeah. Because the kingdom of God has come. Yeah. Not something that we're waiting for. I mean, it's the in between we're stuck in that in between where the kingdom has come and yet we're waiting for its ultimate culmination in that in between uh, yeah, we're invited to live differently and that kingdom comes through Christ in our ordinary day-to-day mess and joys of life. Mm-hmm. 
I was thinking about how this particular year, I would have just loved for it to feel ordinary. <laughs> like, right. For anybody out there who just had an ordinary summer where they just maintained, like, don't think for a second that Bless that's you. not a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. beautiful gift or yeah. that like there is something faulty. If all you did was maintain the people around you and minister or not even just keep them alive or whatever. Like that's, that's the Lord's grace. Um, All of us went through, we've been through each, the three of us have been through some things this summer. Um, A lot of change and transition. And um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to reflect on ordinary time that doesn't feel ordinary. (laughs) Right. When it feels kind of intense chaotic and intense and yeah like my wife and i we we moved uh houses so just moving itself is terrible um <laughs> there's nothing ordinary terrible. about it um and and yet um you know it, it's revealing to how 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 really how messy our lives were like how much stuff we have and also uh, just the pain of losing a, a house that we loved and moving to a new place and having to learn to love that and learn to get acquainted to that. Our church moved uh, spaces. And so you, you feel those same things. You you feel the loss of the old space and you have the joy and the, the pain of a new space. And so- Mike and Bethany are on staff with our church. Yeah. And pretty mm-hmm. much you guys did a year of work or more. Yeah, a couple years of work, of preliminary work that our pastors and elders did. But then as the summer drew closer, you know, we had to transition our church from a a mobile space, a space that we were unloading and loading into every week to a permanent space. Um, Which is amazing. And we're super thankful. Right. And that was also like kind of intense. Yeah, it was an intense (laughs) June to now. Like yeah, June right. to October, yeah. uh, June to November. Like we've just been working hard all summer. Um, and it has, wasn't just staff. It was volunteers, church members, like everybody pulled their weight. Um, but that made the the ordinary time for our church feel really extraordinary mm-hmm. because there was so much upheaval and uh, so much work to do. And also daily operations went on hiatus a little bit like there were people who had ideas and plans and things they wanted to do and for like a year the response was like when we get settled in the new building we'll think about that right yeah so there were just it's it was a time of like some things being put on pause and some things being kind of on hyperdrive and i i think that's what life with the spirit is like Hmm. i think so much we we think oh man i'm gonna do this this year you know, 2020 is going to be the year of X, Y, and Z. Uh, but we don't know. And we have, you know, we have personal dreams. We have personal aspirations. Um, but walking with the Spirit means whatever upheaval or whatever joy, whatever green pasture or whatever valley, um, are, are we going to accept the invitation to walk with the Spirit in the midst mm-hmm. of it? And I think that's what Ordinary Time is really about there's a part of me that really likes um, kind of that front half of the church calendar that's organized and like gives me things to contemplate. And then there's this part of me that pushes back on the kind of like openness hmm. of ordinary time. That's good. And, and letting the spirit come in and just work. 
I'm just like, no, give like there's this part of me that wants to push back on it and be like, no, just give me something to think about to like mull over. Um, because I think there's this part of me that is scared. Like, what is what will the spirit surface? What hmm. what's going to come up? Um, and so honestly, for me, like I feel like I spent a lot of this this past ordinary time. And I mean, we were busy with moving, changing buildings and, and all that. It was very easy for me to become busy and like just kind of almost try to be like quiet down anything that hmm. the Holy Spirit might have been doing. But it was just, I, I think I found myself trying to like busy myself because hmm. I, I was a little bit fearful of, of what, of what might surface. But, um, fearful in the sense of like uh it just feels disorderly yeah. or fearful of like a particular thing or yeah i think well i think both i think disorderly like i do i i do like things ordered um there's a part of me that likes that as though my house would say otherwise <laughs> <laughs> right now in its current state um <clears throat> but then yeah i think I, I think there there was also a part of me that was just like, oh, there are some things that I have that personally that have kind of been put on like a back burner, um, just wanting to avoid them and mm -hmm. and uh, didn't want to think about them. But mm -hmm. um, as we're nearing the end of ordinary time, those things have kind of been surfaced and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, so God, you were going to surface them whether or not <laughs> I wanted, mm -hmm. whether or not I, I tried to whatever mm -hmm. quiet you but yeah that's the that's the challenge with busyness i think is to um when we're busy when there's constant noise and i think we feel this any time of the year whether you're observing the church calendar or not we use that noise and that busyness to quiet the spirit to quiet his still calm voice um but he will overcome that one way or the other he will get our attention one way or the other um yeah i think for our family it was um uh, just as we've had like a whole year of difficulty and transition with um my dad passed away unexpectedly a mm -hmm. year ago and then we prior to his passing we had purchased a fixer-upper and lived in our house while we were renovating and it's been 12 months and a half ish and um so that that has definitely put a lot of pressure on our marriage it's put pressure on me as a homeschool mom whose mm. whole home base whole world is my house and um i'm grateful that i have the opportunity to do that but i also have really lived with a lot of turmoil and thought about ordinary time with longing like oh man mm. it would be if only i had a place where i could just like unpack that the hats and the mittens and put them where I could find them again later you know yeah I don't know just the nitty-gritty stuff of life has felt really like rambly and wild like if the yeah. color of ordinary time is green and it's a bunch of weed it feels like a bunch of weeds <laughs> mm. like I am in the weed patch and mm -hmm. I'm looking for things mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's all covered with weeds yeah. so um Looking back, though, if if I think about all of this as being under the umbrella of kingdom time, that quiets my need to control those things. I yeah. mean, I certainly have to function. You know, I have to know where things are in order to function. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
my soul goes to anxiety. Like kind of like what you were saying, Bethany, like when things are kind of rambly and Mm -hmm. undefined, my reaction is anxiety. Like I want to grab those things and control them and organize them and which I'm not good at. But, um, if, if all of those things are contained and kept in the Lord's providence, then we can rest. Like I've just been thinking about rest a Mm -hmm. little bit as this completely crazy challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. Like again, to your point of like, living in a countercultural way when circumstances are unrestful, how do we claim the rest that's been given to us Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and appropriate that mm-hmm. and make that real in our lived experience, not just as an aspiration, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I should be restful in the middle of all this, mm-hmm. but to actually quiet down the interior mm-hmm. part of us enough to rest. Yeah, it reminds me of um, our pastor preached a sermon uh, on comfort and how when we think about things like discomfort, it's very internal, it's very visceral. We can feel the discomfort, but when we think of comfort, we think of plush, Products, plushy like couches. <laughs> oh, uh, I knew right when he was warm, when he said that I was like, warm oh, pumpkin he's talk- spice lattes, yeah. you know, things to buy, thing, yeah, things to have, and it's it, it's an external fix. Uh, sh- though short term, um, but the in- the fix needs to be internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I find peace and comfort in external peace. And so, like, if my living room is nice, yeah, I'll just sit in it and bask in the glory yes. of a clean living <laughs> yes. room. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned the past years growing up with little kids is if I can sit in the mess of the living room and enjoy it. Mm-hmm that's more peaceful than a, a, a fleeting experience of a clean living. Cause I know that in 12 mm-hmm. hours, that living room is going to look like a war zone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm um, surprised it takes 12 hours, Mike. Well, that's just the, when I get back into the living room, it's like 12 hours later. It's like, what happened here? What happened? Um, but uh, yeah, finding peace, finding comfort, finding rest in a world that's not, giving you that. Mm. I think that is what the Spirit of God invites us into. That's what Jesus invites us into in Matthew 11. We see God inviting us into that in Isaiah 55. Um, He he says, why do you go buy all these things when you can find everything you want and desire in me? Um, Don't spend your money on that. Mm -hmm. Come where there's no price. Mm -hmm. Come to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. So, how do you get, how do you get that um, idea out of the abstract and into mm-hmm. into your soul, into your day. Well, yeah, practically it's sitting in the living room when it's messy yeah. and then just enjoying my kids. Yeah. And like my wife has had to remind me like, this is evidence of life happening in your house. Mm-hmm. A clean living mm-hmm. room is not evidence of life. It's evidence that nobody's been here. Oh, Jenny Krasnick. That's Kresnick. brilliant, Jenny. Love and you. the Love fact you, that the living room and the dining room is a that. mess in and like lunches all over the counter means that you're that God has provided for us. Like there's a meal mm. here. A meal happened here, mm-hmm. and I just miss that because I want I want stuff clean. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually looking at those things now, going, okay, no, this is evidence that that life is happening here, and that the Lord provided in that meal for us. And there's actually more peace in that than not even seeing the meal. 
you know, seeing the remnants of a meal. So for me, it's, it's really practicing sitting in that mess. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, you know, a messy house, mm-hmm. s- physically sitting in that mess. I don't think I have anything that's better than what you just said. <laughs> I think that each, you're right that each person probably has their own work to do yeah. in that way. Whatever kind of is, how do you, how do you get that? I think, I mean, I mean, reading scripture is right. like, it's essential. It's just mm-hmm. essential. I mean, we can't get there ourselves mm-hmm. on our own steam. Like we have to constantly be corrected by scripture, strengthened, mm-hmm. nourished, just cared for mm-hmm. by the word of God. And mm-hmm. I think that that's powerful in ways that, you know, but then, but like, it, it sounds cheap to just be like, well, just read your Bible. Like <laughs> it's reading your Bible and then responding to the cues that the Lord is giving yeah. you in your environment. Like Mike, mm-hmm. enjoy your home and your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But I will ask the Lord to show me. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think I think when when we can approach the scriptures in faith, saying, "God, this is your word," and so as I read it, I pray that you speak to me. Mm-hmm. Like, let me hear your voice. Like, faith in faith, asking for that. Because if we just go to God's word and just hope something comes out of it, we're just we're gonna miss. It's gonna feel like page words on a page. But if we can approach God's words and in faith and pray that God reveal himself to us. God will speak. Mm-hmm. Um, his word's not going to return void. It's, 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 it's alive. It's a living, breathing, breathing thing. His word is. And, um, you know, I, I, I like reading Augustine, um, his confessions. One of the first things in his pair in the an opening paragraph is, um, all our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. And so if, if we're not willing to really seek what we long for in God, I think in the spiritual disciplines, like reading and praying and fasting and the communion of saints, mm-hmm. the, the gathering of his people weekly, um, we're going to miss, mm. we're going to, we're not going to be really satisfied. Um, we're going to be on that journey of longing and trying to find and, and, and coming up empty. Yeah. So I'm interested in what you just said about the communal aspect of ordinary time and uh, Christian discipleship. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you would talk a little bit about the article that you brought in, um, some research and an essay by Judith Shulovitz. Yeah, she has this article uh, on in The Atlantic, uh, Why You Never See Your Friends Anymore. And she just really unpacks um, uh, this idea of, of, of overburdened schedule. She talks about how in um, Russia, when Stalin was rule, ruling there, he integrated this uh, rotation of a, a five-day work week where everybody worked different shifts and had different days off. And what happened was nobody spent time with anybody anymore. Even husbands and wives were working in the factories on different days and at home in different days. And so the, just the common shared meal began to disappear and people felt that. Uh, and so they, they eventually changed some things up. Um, but it was a way in which they were able to rule the people. Um, and uh, her point in this article is that we've, uh, we don't have a, a dictator ruling us, ruling our work schedules. We just do it for ourselves. We like we we let our schedules become the dictators in our mm-hmm. life. And so, um, she unpacks families using 
business apps to organize their lives, like communicating as a family over Slack, using Trello to organize the to-do list for the whole family. Um, the family, the community, the community has been become this thing to um, manage, manage to become uh, more efficient. Um, but really, family isn't efficient. Family is messy, as we've mm-hmm. been talking about. Um, and but when you try to um, to to micromanage all that stuff with apps and you know the way you would do in a business, it just kind of uh, takes the life out of that. And and her her point is is um, that's why you never see your friends anymore. It's because you've you've busied yourself. Um, you've become you've fallen under the rule of capitalism. You could say uh, the rule of uh, efficiency and productivity and um i think the gospel invites us into something more there so i'll read a i'll read just read a a paragraph from judith's article here she says whereas we once shared the same temporal rhythms five days on two days off federal holidays thank god it's fridays our weeks are now shaped by the unpredictable dictates of our employers. Nearly a fifth of Americans hold jobs with non-standard or variable hours. They may work seasonally on rotating shifts or in the gig economy, driving for Uber or delivering for Postmates. Meanwhile, more people on the upper end of the pay scale are working long hours. Combine the people who have unpredictable work weeks with those who have prolonged ones and you get a good third of the American labor force. The personalization of time may seem like a petty concern, and indeed some people consider it liberating to set their own hours or spend their free time reaching for the brass ring. But the consequences could be debilitating for the U.S. in the same way they once were for the USSR. A calendar is more than the organization of days and months. It is the blueprint for a shared life. And she's not talking about the church calendar here, but... I think us as Christians can look at the church calendar and say, oh, the church calendar, Mm. Advent to the end of ordinary time, is a blueprint for a a shared life focused on on. the life of Christ, how we are wrapped up into his life and he is in our life, um, you know, the idea of union with Christ. Um, But it's not just individually, it's communal. We, We share in the life of Christ together. Um, and and so, we want to be careful not to put the gig economy um, at odds with the church calendar. Like for yeah, people who live, yeah. you know, who are in that category or working long hours, like we don't want, we don't want to create an opposition there. Yeah, we're not, we're not creating, I, I'm, she may be creating a dichotomy mm-hmm. between that, but that's not our point. Mm-hmm. Our point is, is wherever you fall yeah. in life as you are part of the church, as Christ abides in you and you abide in him, mm-hmm. we are invited into something bigger than ourselves that's right. together. Mm-hmm. And that's Christ. And that's the church, the church, uh, that, that's the global church, if you will, the church that's across the whole world and the church that's existed before us. We are living in that by the spirit of God. Yeah. One baptism, one faith. Right. So one thing that I like to think about and would encourage you to think about too is the question, how has Christ's life been formed in me in this season? Hmm. And um, we've reflected a little on how it's been formed and how we've processed the green 
weedy, wild, <laughs> ordinary time that we have had. Um, but it's a it's always a productive question to mm. assess how has the life of Christ been formed in me, and mm. what is the Lord doing. Mm. Um, so we would just leave you with that question as we come to the last month of ordinary time. Just encourage you to take some time to reflect on what your ordinary time has been like. And um, so we just thank you. We thank you for being part of our conversation and listening. And um, we just pray that the Lord would bring things to your attention and show you things in your own story about what he has been doing in the last season. And then as we begin to pivot toward Advent, that he would um, enlighten you about what he wants to show you during the season of waiting that's coming up. Hmm. So we thank you again, and we hope you have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.